You're listening to Minor Talk On Demand exclusively on 600 ESPN El Paso. Stay up to date with Minor Talk by downloading the free 600 ESPN El Paso mobile app. All right, welcome into an emergency Minor Talk podcast presented by the Oscar Arieta Agency alongside Sal Montes, Samir Montes, Zay Galindo, I'm Adrian Bradis, and we are here today because UTEP head coach Dana Dimmel has been fired. We're jumping right into it, guys. Uh, we got to talk a lot about this. We can peel back everything that we talked about last night on Minor Talk. We went almost two hours, yet we're going to still go today, this morning, and talk a little bit more because there's a lot of thoughts. And uh, after six seasons, UTEP head coach Dana Dimmel has indeed been fired. Uh, sources initially broke this out to ESPN's Adam Ritt. Wittenberg and uh, Dimmel finishes his tenure at UTEP going 20 and 46 over six seasons. Uh, he finished a seven and six season in 2021. That will be known as his best season at UTEP. And he finished this year, three and nine last year, five and seven. That's back-to-back losing seasons for this UTEP football program. And as a result, UTEP vice president and director of athletics, Jim center said this, this morning, quote, We would like to thank Dana for the dedication and hard work that he put in over the last six years, and we wish him the best in the future. Under his leadership, our football program has shown improvement in all the academic metrics, and we have minimal off-the-field issues. When he was hired, UTEP football was coming off a winless season, and he built a more competitive team. However, we have not seen the kind of improvement necessary to compete and win championships. We determined that a change in leadership was needed for the program moving forward. Well, guys, I felt like this one was coming. I had really no kind of, uh, uh, I guess, reservations if this was going to happen. It was more of a win. This is going to happen. Last night, we talked about it on Minor Talk. When Dana Dimmel was asked by the broadcast, he says, hey, we're going to go recruit. We're going to go up next for filling the voids. We're going to go off and we have a lot of production coming back next season. And it's important for us to generate NIL money. That's what he told uh, the broadcast yesterday. Then in the postgame show, or excuse me, in the postgame media scrum, Joe Rod, our very own, and then Colin Deaver of KTSM asked two separate questions. Joe asked a question about, you know, uh, his thoughts about, you know, this team. Uh, he talked about injuries. He talked about the excuses again and again on how they finished three and nine overall and then on the flip side uh he goes off and talks to uh you know he obviously went to, goes and tells um Colin that hey this is one of the reasons he, he believes that he'll come back he believes that he will uh, be part of this organization moving forward and he thinks that this team will be uh you know somewhere he, he thought that he would be back next year bottom line that was where he thought this was all going to wrap up we thought as a result of those answers and those things specifically we thought that UTEP would now go into a mode of firing so we ruled out all the p- possibilities of retirement we ruled out all the possibilities of possibly him stepping down. We thought of this simply as a point for him to say, hey, look, I'm going to uh, be back next year. That's what my contract says. And UTEP says this morning, nope, they will not move forward. They fire head coach Dana Dimmel. And that is how we start things off here today on our emergency Minor Talk podcast here on the program. Uh, We'll start with you, Sal Montes, our uh, co-host here on the program. Then we'll go over to Zay Galindo, who's actually in our uh, studio right now producing for klaq and for 600 espn el paso sal we'll go to you uh then we'll go to zay and i think we got steve jumping on as well we'll go to you first sal your thoughts instant reactions hearing dana dimmel out with utep 
Yeah, my, my initial thoughts originally, and uh, Zay and I were looking at the contract, so much verbiage in there that it's a whole other dictionary <laughs> when, you, when it comes to contract language. And um, my concern, which is now a moot point, but is there any benefit or financial gain for UTEP to hold on to him until um, the beginning of next year? Kind of ruled that out. But now this this basically just solidifies it and just raises questions. Um, two big questions that I have. And one is really the most important one is um, what is the criteria that they have for a new head coach? That's number one. Which route do they want to go? Are they going young they're going experience whatever the case is and then the other one uh would be is um i guess more speculation but when did they know that this would be the route that they were gonna go was this something that was decided maybe they already spoke about it and this is just speculation i have no idea but maybe there there was something in house saying hey finish the season we don't want you know this hanging over the guys heads um just close out the year as best as you can that's the only other thing that um that i have questions of Really fair points there, Sal. Let's go to Zay. Zay, give me your initial reactions after this news broke this morning. Yeah, you know, um, it was something that I did expect. I thought they were going to do it. Um, it was just a matter of when, like you guys said. And, you know, you know, how quickly do they want to hire a coach? How quickly do they want to go through this process? You know, do they want to get ahead of the game? Are they going to take their time, find the right guy? That's 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 really what I want to know. How quickly um, and, you know, we'll see when this happens, how quickly they go through this. Yeah, spe uh, specifically on the timing of this, this is so important to know. Two dates that minor fans need to have in mind. Number one, you need to have uh, the idea of when this team will end up uh, actually hiring that coach, which is so important because – the December 4th date is something to note. December 4th is actually the date in which UTEP or actually all of college football, the transfer portal is actually open. So you can actually hit the transfer portal right away. So it's not only important for UTEP in a recruiting perspective to go out and, and recruit some of these guys hitting the portal, but it's also important to retain some of their current players. So December 4th is a date for minor fans to definitely keep an eye out for. The other date to keep an eye out for and to understand is December 12th. 20th. That's the early signing day for uh, college football athletes right now. That's a huge day as well with, for all people across college football. So two big dates to keep in mind. December 4th is right around the corner. Do I expect them to have a hire in place within a week? Well, maybe, maybe if there's urgency, maybe if they've known since the midway point of the season, which should be the reality for this UTEP football program, they should have known in the midway point of the season that they should have made a decision when the season is over. So they've had all this time to, to contemplate over this. This should not take very long for UTEP football. I'm putting it on them uh, to have, you know, a quicker hire in this process. Steve Kaplowitz joins us here for our emergency podcast. We dragged him up, we dragged him out, and uh, it's it's rightfully so to do this, Steve, because Dana Dimmel is fired. It's a change in the UTEP football era. There's a there's obviously a new page and a new chapter that will be written in this program's history. What's going on this morning? What do you think? I, I mean, we all knew it was a matter of time, okay? I think the biggest question was not if, it was when. And um, I, I thought it was going to happen either last night, right after the game, today, or at the latest tomorrow. So the fact that it happened today on a Sunday makes a lot of sense. I agree with you completely in the fact that they've had lots of time to think about this now. They've had, you know, probably half the season to formulate their plan about how the buyout would go and 
put together a list of uh, potential candidates. Uh, again, I I said it on, uh, on on social a little while ago. This was the worst kept secret, really, in town. We knew it was common. We just didn't know when. And now I'm I'm just fascinated with the possibilities, and I'm fascinated with really the timeline. How fast UTEP's going to want to act, and how quick they're going to really want to try and, and bring a new head coach on board. Steve, you've uh, written about the contract itself, and I think a lot of fans are you know, confused about it. Can you shed a little bit of light on this, knowing that he doesn't have uh, or he is locked in through the 2024 season? I'm talking about Dana Dimmel. So the buyout process yeah. will need to be intact and in place from the athletic department perspective. Can you shed a little light on this this part right here? So when he signed his contract extension after the um, New Mexico Bowl, loss to uh to fresno it was a two-year extension however the way it worked was was that um if the miners did not go to a bowl either last season or this season they would be able to buy out his 2024 base which is eight hundred and fifty thousand, at 65 percent so if you do the math that equates to about five hundred and fifty-two thousand. i keep hearing people putting 1.2 1.3 million well that includes this year and of course he's getting paid this year that was never in doubt we always knew dana was going to get paid for 2023 so the bigger key is how will 2024 work and that's realistically what we've seen we see that uh, it'll come over just a little bit over half a million is what it'll uh, go now we don't know if they've worked something out with him if they've decided to stretch those payments out over two years three years five years whatever but based on this contract and the wording that's what you temple owe dana for next season so I've talked to three separate players on this football team since uh, the news broke this morning. One player specifically told me that he will return knowing this is the this is the deal. He was uh, all set on leaving the program and that he will be back on the program moving forward because of the news today that Dana Dimmel was fired. I heard from another player about concerns about his future and what happens with him because he was specifically recruited by Dana Dimmel and he's a little concerned and a little anxious about the next coaching staff and them coming in. Heard another player tell me, no matter what, his mind was set. He's done and he's off the, the program moving forward. He's hitting the portal as soon as that portal opens up and no other coach can convince him otherwise. So I feel like the locker room is very split right now. And I think that's a very small sample size. So you take it for what it is, if that's fair for me to say or unfair for me to say, take it for what it is. But in reality, I think the locker room is going to feel so many different ways. Tomorrow they have team meetings. They're supposed to be back in the locker rooms and back in for things like rehab, things like treatment and stuff like that after the, the game, which which is pretty typical for this team, but I'm curious to see what staffers will be there. If this will be addressed in front of the football program moving forward and what's to come. Uh, Zay, we've talked a lot about recruiting for this UTEP football program in the past. Where do they start? Dana Dimmel was kind of uh, quiet yesterday when he talked about the voids and specific positions that he wants to see improved. I obviously look at the wide receiver position. They've got to build more depth at the offensive line. You're losing guys on your defensive line. But what voids do this does this team need to fill immediately in this recruiting period? Uh, and could that sway the head coaching hire when it's all said and done? Yeah, you know, this team, they're going to have a lot of holes. And depending on how, you know, this head coach, uh, the new one that will be coming in, whoever it is, how they're going to approach this. Are they going to come in and they're going to say, hey, let's clean house. 
bring it, you know, almost a whole new team like we saw it, you know, in Colorado. Obviously, UTEP doesn't have, you know, the resources to do all that, so that probably won't happen. But, you know, I want to see how this head coach approaches this, you know, whether he wants to keep intact, you know, the squad that Dana Dimmo built. He wants to try and do that. If he wants to bring in a mix of his guys and uh, keep some of the guys that, you know, Dana Dimmo recruited, I'm very interested to see how uh, he uh, he approaches this because this is, this is going to be tough. Yeah, and you mentioned resources, man. And the first thing I'm thinking of is an NIL has to be a staple for the next head coach. NIL has to be one of the biggest things for the next head coach. And uh, they have to value the NIL much better than this current staff or this previous staff now uh, valued it. Dana Dimmel talked about it to the broadcast saying that NIL money is so important moving forward. Well, why wasn't it important going into this season? I know a few players uh, benefited off NIL deals they were able to work out and yeah maybe some of uh the utep football administration or the athletic department helped out in that process but they need an actual collective similar to what the men's basketball team has steve how important i mean it seems like it's not even important it's almost a necessity you have to talk about in a collective as almost a necessity moving forward it's a given i mean that's just what it comes down to we've seen it for basketball um look, look no further than new mexico state okay their nil has about half a million dollars in it, and that includes 300000 for football. So that's the same total that UTEP uh, apparently has for basketball with the minor collective. So they have got to figure out an NIL and fast because, to be honest, if you're a hotshot young coordinator and you're getting a, an interview for UTEP and you ask that question, hey, what's your NIL like? If you hear the answer is we don't have an NIL – you might just say, you know what, I'm not interested. That's That might not even be, you know, for some coaches, that could be a non-starter if you don't have an NIL in place. So forget how much money that they're going to pay the next head coach. Forget how much they'll pay for the assistants in the assistant pool. If you are lacking NILs in college athletics these days, certain candidates won't even talk to you. And you better believe that some of these other programs that are looking for job for vacancies have a large NIL program in place. Imagine how much money San Diego State has right now. Now for NIL dollars when it comes to football, probably in the millions, not a million, millions, plural. And that's the beauty of NIL, Adrian, is that if fans want to make an impact, they can directly do it by establishing NIL collectives for sports. That is their way to help really even the playing field, so to speak, with everybody else. And I think that's going to be vital. And UTEP doesn't have a lot of time to come up with this, but maybe they tell the head coach, look, we're we are in the process of starting one. It's going to be happening sooner rather than later. It's not like you have to pay players one lump sum to begin with. You can spread it out over 12 months to protect you so that they don't either leave or if they don't produce right, they don't you know, necessarily get everything. So an NIL to me, though, is, is absolutely essential with this job. Sal... This program, yeah. you've been a part of this uh, program, and, and we've seen this program for a while now since Dana Dimmel was the head coach. Uh, it started in 2018. They were 1-11. 2019, 1-11. 2020, 3-5. 2021, 7-6. A loss in the PUBG New Mexico Bowl that season. Uh, 2022, 5-7. And this past season, 3-9. and nine. So they obviously uh, regressed in terms of their production. You mentioned yesterday something so interesting on Minor Talk. You talked about how this this team, you felt like they overachieved uh, mm -hmm. with, under head coach Dana Dimmel. When you reflect back on where the program was in 2017, coming off a, a winless season, they were 0-12. 
But putting into perspective what just Steve just talked about, the NIL collective or lack thereof for this football program, is this a better job now in 2023 than it was back in 2017? Or is it on the same level or a little worse, a, a tougher job? What would you say? I, I think um... – I think it's kind of like a glass half full, glass half empty um, type of view, because on one hand, we always know hindsight is twenty twenty. We can look back and say, hey, if they would have developed, um, you know, something or at least been keen to NIO uh, around that time or having an idea of it, you, you could say, yeah, for sure. But now you kind of know what what you're dealing with. Um, but when it comes to you know the job now, not only do you see NIL as a factor, but um, you've seen how much the transfer portal has grown. I mean, before it was big. Year after that, it was big. Last year, it was huge. It's going to be even bigger this year. So now it's like there's two different aspects that you're already aware of jumping into it. However, one can look at it as like, hey, these are two more tasks that we got to accomplish aside from training guys, getting them familiar with the system, um, travel, all that other stuff. So if I have to pick a side, though, I think it's a it's a better job now, knowing that you know more of what to do. It's it's a tougher task, so to speak, because there's more on your plate. But at least now you know what's on your plate. Zay, how would you answer this one? And then we'll go to you, Steve. Yeah, I think it's a better it's definitely a better job than it was um, in 2017. Obviously, you know, that team that Dana Dimmel inherited, it was it was not good at all. Right. And I think the resources, they've improved a little bit. Obviously, I think you're going to have a little more expectations this time around. Right. If you're this coach, maybe you're on a bit of a shorter leash because you're taking over, you know, not a, a winless squad. You're seeing what Jerry Kill is doing at NMSU. So, you know, it's not impossible to win in this region. So obviously, I think it is a better job. But, you know, it's going to come with more expectations than, you know, last time. What do you think, Steve? I'll say this. To me, NIL makes this kind of a job easier now than it was six years ago. I feel like rebuilds are easier now than they were six years ago just because of, of the NIL in place and the transfer portal. You asked a really interesting question earlier about what you know you need when the new head coach comes in. You might need to know a whole new team. You don't know right now how many players are leaving. You really don't. You're, lo you know, you've got, you're losing your offensive line, mostly the graduation. You could be losing a lot of your positions due to the portal. I mean, I'm always assuming the easy solution is you're going to need to recruit an entirely new ball club here for next season. Uh, you're definitely going to need quarterbacks. You know that already. You could be needing some uh, running backs. You obviously need receivers because they need a receivers anyway this year. So I, I feel like from a positional standpoint, you need it all. But that being said, NIL does make a rebuild easier, including UTEP here. But you have to give whoever is coming in the, the, the tools necessary. And by the way, this next head coach needs to be able to go in and sell the program to the community. We haven't even talked about that yet, but that is so big because if you want the fan base to buy in and try to turn this thing around, you need a coach who will be able to connect with all those fans and make the, the just the fan base want to give, want to help, and want to make sure that they can jumpstart this program to finally get it to where people have been expecting it for years. All right. Uh, I think that's a really good way of looking at it. And I think that the fan base definitely needs to be re-energized. Re Yesterday, they announced 
a, uh, 10,240 fans and there was no way there was just absolutely no way maybe there was three maybe there was 4,000 at most but uh yeah there's just no way that there was that many fans there at the Sun Bowl and that's a reflection of how down the city is on the football program and when you go to some of the basketball games and you hear on <laughs> talk how how excited people are when it comes to that basketball team that shows you the passion that this town has when it comes to this UTEP program whether it's football whether it's basketball any sport this 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 fan base is hungry to finally support a winner and i think for this i think moving forward for this uh program and i think moving forward for what's ahead uh for this football team they have to keep a lot of things in mind we've talked about nil we've talked about fans we've talked about uh current players on this team right now and the transfer portal that's looming the early signing day that is approaching on december 20th there's a lot of things that comes with this plus uh hanging over all this is the fact that utep's a tough job it's like New Mexico when you look at that Danny Gonzalez firing that New Mexico had and announced yesterday that hire is a tough hire just like UTEP is it's not impossible to win at either location NMSU will show you that you can have success at both of those spots but what we can take away from both of these locations whether it's the University of New Mexico or if it's UTEP tough places to win and these recent coaches haven't had success at these spots Uh, let's talk let's talk some candidates and it's so early in this process but if we're talking about december 4th that's next monday and that's right around the corner so if utep does act fast if they do act quickly on this there's a lot of names that are very interesting um We've been hearing uh, words about, you know, possible candidates. I think it's way too early to see whether or not these are actually valid, but it's interesting to speculate. Now, former TCU head coach Gary Patterson has been talked about. Uh, I've also heard talks about Matt Wells, the former Utah State head coach. He's an Oklahoma analyst right now. Jason Eck has a lot of ties to uh, athletic director Jim Center, and he is the Idaho head coach. And they actually spent time together. Uh, uh, back way way back when so if you talk about Mario Mocha having success with Jerry Kill that's somebody he knew before well uh, Jim Center knew J- uh, Jason Eck pretty well in their past uh, you can also look at Brennan Marion that's a name that we mentioned yesterday on Minor Talk the UNLV offensive coordinator you could talk about Jeff Banks if you want to shoot for the moon and talk about the Texas special teams coordinator you can also talk about uh, Jeff Grimes the Baylor offensive uh coordinator and in fact um the it's so interesting because the Baylor offensive coordinator or the coaching staff will be retained for another season and uh they are actually going to have uh around the back next year which is so interesting in itself but guys let's just ping around let's give one name that everybody kind of uh is interested in if UTEP actually names as a finalist and give your reason why uh we'll start with you Steve give me a name out there that really interests you for this UTEP head coaching job and why all right um you know i've been thinking about this for a while and again it just depends on what utep's going for right are they going to spend a million dollars as a base and go up from 850 and and hire somebody as the next million dollar head coach or are they going to try to stay in that 750 to 850 range because the truth is with that difference in in two hundred and fifty thousand dollars, that might completely change the pool of who they're going after but you know I want to see a young assistant. I want to see somebody who's been a coordinator at a power five spot. And Adrian, I've talked for a while about the uh, Oregon offensive coordinator. Okay. I think we've discussed him before. 
And someone that had been at UTSA, when UTSA was producing, jumped to Oregon this year. You've seen what they're doing. He's making about $800,000 as the OC at Oregon right now. Would he take his first head coaching job at UTEP for a million? Possibly. Does he have Texas ties? Absolutely. Did he run a pretty entertaining style of offense at UTSA and now at Oregon? 100%. Um, you know, do I think that's realistic? Probably not. But still, that's the kind of, of name I'm looking for. And I'm trying to remember exactly um, who, who we, you know, his, his name from uh, first and last because we were talking about him for a while. And um, if you have it, go ahead and throw it out there. So yeah. just to refresh my memory. Will Stein. And actually, this is a name that they threw out there yesterday. It's a great name. It's a very trendy yep. pick right now. And I think a lot of fans were really excited about this one. Zay threw this one out yesterday. A lot of fans were pretty pumped up about hearing uh, an offensive mind as the next head coach is a possibility for UTEP, just kind of philosophy-wise. So I think that's a really good name there, Steve. Zay, we'll throw it at you. He took your name from yesterday, Will Stein. You you threw out a bunch of names yesterday, so you go with a different name and uh, give us your reason why. Yeah, you know, I, uh, obviously I like the the young offensive coordinator of mine, you know, Will Stein, Brandon Marion, but for me, I, I'd go with the more experienced guy, Kenny Perry, Texas Tech associate head coach. He's almost a carbon copy of, you know, Jeff Trailer. You know, they both have um, ties to Texas high school football. They were successful there. Um, and he's been working up the ladder in college football. I think he uh, he deserves a job in Texas. I think he's a he's a really good name, and um, I'd be interested to see if UTEP is uh, you know uh, on his list. That's an interesting one, knowing there's Texas ties, knowing there's Texas high school football ties, and how trendy that's been across college football. Not only Jeff Trailer, you look at uh, Texas Tech head coach Joey McGuire and how he cut his teeth into uh, Texas high school football. Well, maybe one of his own on his own staff could branch off and start their own program uh, like Kenny Perry, just like you mentioned. Uh, Sal, I don't know if you're on dad duty. I'm going to I'll swing it to you and, and see if we can get to you on this one. Uh, do you have a name? You've thrown you've thrown out a couple names out there for UTEP football. Next possible candidate. Any names that strike you as a as a possible uh, candidate for this job? I think we lost Sal to to dad duties. We'll we'll swing it back to Sal in just a second. Uh, we've we've uh, asked Colin Deaver to crash our party here on our emergency minor talk podcast. Uh, Colin Deaver, KTSM sports director, who's joining us here on our uh, emergency broadcast. Colin, thanks for joining us here. I appreciate it. Give me your first uh, reactions hearing the news today, and then uh, we're pinging around some names. I know you probably have some names in the back of your head. Which uh, what, give me both. Both of them. What was your instant reaction? And give me a name that we should kind of keep an eye out for. Uh, I mean, I don't think anybody was surprised today, right? Um, that this happens. I thought there was a chance that it happened last night. Um, but I think that Jim Center gave Dana Dimmel the decorum that he deserved and just kind of let him finish the season out, let him have last night, and then um, did the deed today, so to speak. Um, look, I'm sure you guys had people telling you the same thing, like, I was I was told all week like they were that this was the expected outcome for for Dana Dimmel. Um and I do want to say like I, I get all there was a lot of you know vitriol all year about him, but like I do genuinely think he deserves a lot of credit for like getting the program back to where it is, which is in a place right now where for whoever takes over, their cupboard is not bare by any means. 
And it's in a situation where for whoever takes over can potentially, you know, win pretty quickly. Um, so that, that's just how I feel. The program was, was in a really tough place when he took over. I get it. They never really met expectations other than that one year in 2021. Um, but I do believe he left the program in a better place than he was, than, than he got it. So, um, as far as people to replace him, I, I hope I'm not re- repeating any names here um, that you guys have said. I've been told by a couple different sources, Tony White, uh, the Nebraska defensive coordinator, is interested in coming back back home. He's a he's a Burgess alum, um, has not been a head coach, but he's really risen up the ranks as like a defensive coordinator the last few years. He's at Syracuse. He was at Arizona State. He was at uh, obviously Nebraska right now. They had a top 15 defense this year. Um, I don't know if he's the guy that would necessarily excite fans in the way of, of other people. But um, I know he's a guy that's been wanting a head coaching gig for a while. He's been thrown around for San Diego state and Syracuse as well. So maybe he has a better offer. We'll see. Um, but that's one. Um, the other one that I think like Utah fans will probably like be excited about, but he's so young is Mac Leftwich. He's another one that I know for a fact is interested in coming back. Um, the Texas State offensive coordinator. I just think his age may end up working against him um, in the, that regard. Just like he's, again, he's 29 years old. Can you imagine me or Adrian coaching the UTEP football team? Like that's that that's a that's a bit of a that could be a bit of a stretch. I'm not saying it's impossible, but that will definitely work against him, especially with an older athletic director in Jim Center. But he's been very like he's been successful at Incarnate Word. He's been success, successful at Texas State. So I think like at least like his early track record is, is pretty strong. And the last one that I'll throw out there is a head coach uh, at Idaho, Jason Eck. Um, and they've been really good the last couple of years. He's turned the program around um, very quickly. They're, I think the four seed at the FCS level in the playoffs this year. Um, we all know about Jim's ties to Idaho. Um, he, he was the athletic director there. He coached there for years. Um, I, th- I think Eck will be, uh, this is just my opinion. I think he'll be in the mix for UTEP as well as some other jobs. I've seen him thrown out there for uh, New Mexico. I think it was New Mexico as well. Um, so I, he's a guy that would be on my list and kind of as, a, as an up-and-coming um, head coach. But we'll see. I mean, it's so early. Like, there's going to be 30 names thrown out there today that, that don't end up getting the job. Yeah, I, I agree with that completely. And I think there's a lot of uh, there's going to be a lot of smoke screens, too. And I'm curious on the philosophy when it's all said and done. Uh, guys, I think we've got to save a lot more for sports talk. So I want to just cut things short. It was great to do this emergency podcast to get everybody's uh, instant reactions, instant takeaways. But let's just go around uh, the the room and just get kind of your final thoughts. Uh, philosophy wise, where do you want to see UTEP head for their next head coach um, or go to with their next? head coach steve we'll start with you we talked philosophy so much on the show uh but let's just you know talk about it to kind of wrap things up here with uh with this show here at the emergency podcast your philosophy for this utep hire what would you like to see i'd like to see an innovative offensive coordinator that's somebody that comes in and can run an offensive style that um, the fans are into we've already seen what a, a good defense can do i mean the last few years you know bradley del pivotos had a great defense and it's kept them in games but the fan base has grown uh, disinterested because of the offense. So I would really like to see an innovative offense and hopefully a defense to match. I want, I'd like to see somebody young come in that ultimately can win. 
move on, make this uh, job a stepping stone, which is what I've believed it should be all along. And as soon as UTEP starts to embrace that philosophy, kind of like what they did with basketball after Don Haskins retired with Billy Gillespie and Tony Barbie and Doc Sadler, you start doing that for football. I think, uh, you know, big things could start to finally be coming in UTEP's horizon. Zay, what do you want to see? Yeah, I definitely want to see, um, you know, whoever this coach is, I want to see, I want to see them recruit a, a completely different recruiting philosophy. I understand it's hard to recruit without NIL, so obviously they're going to need NIL. But I'm tired of seeing, you know, recruiting classes full of JUCO guys. And, and you know, obviously they've found some gems, Tyree Snyde, guys like that. But I want to see them get into the transfer portal. I want to see them recruit, you know, locally. I want to see them recruit Texas. I want to see them, you know, recruit high school players much, much more. So that's the biggest thing for me. Okay, real interesting stuff. Sal, if you can talk, just jump in. Yeah, I'm good. All right, what do you want to see for your philosophy for this next session? Yeah, so um, real quick, uh, I'll get to that in a bit. Um, The swing for the fences was uh, Coach Patterson. And um, if I had another one, how about this name, Graham Harrell? He's the the offensive coordinator and QB coach out at uh, Purdue. But he's had a stint at a number of schools. I don't know if that's concerning or not. However, um he's a purely offensive guy and that's something that the fans have been wanting so uh which leads me to to your questions answer it um I want an offensive minded guy I think um you know they have the gems there on defense obviously who knows who goes who stays whatever the case is for the football team um but if you want to excite fans and and get them riled up and you and and Steve kind of touched on this earlier, just that community outreach. We saw it before with the now uh, coach Keitha Adams for women's basketball. She was like that before she even came back the second time. Now she's at it again in the community. And then a coach Golding is huge on the community as well. So you have a chance uh, before the new UTEP head coach to excite the community and at least win them over for that part, of course, after that, it's going to be winning games. So um, I want a philosophy that's um, that's shotgun heavy, um, you know, quarterback, not under the center heavy, so to speak, because you, you want that ball flying around if you want to excite these guys. Good stuff, Sal. I appreciate you joining us this morning. Thanks, love man. Here. Love, love seeing him as well. So that's, that's <laughs> great. Uh, Colin, we'll close it out with you, and I appreciate you hopping on on this emergency pod with us. Uh, your philosophy, like the philosophy that you'd like UTEP to have when they when they attack this hey the breadcrumbs have been there from joe golding that's a guy with head coaching experience dana dimmel had head coaching experience way back when what do you want to see from this hire i kind of a combination of what everybody else has said um you need somebody who more or less can connect and understand like what utep is in this community um and kind of like you all said get the fan base excited again i do i do definitely want an offensive coach um, to come in uh, this time around. I know I threw Tony White out there, um, but I do think you will need some some offensive excitement there uh, for this program. And just look, I I, hes- I really do hesitate to throw out the New Mexico State Jerry Kill comparison, but like what they have proven the last two years is that like you can still win football games in the borderland in 2023 in college football. Like yep. it's it's still possible. Um, so somebody that is willing to harness that and, and do what it takes to say throughout the transfer portal, they have not used that enough the last few years. Um, so yeah, I, I, I would just say like a combination of, of everything you guys said is exactly what I'm thinking too. So. 
Colin, great stuff, man. I appreciate you joining us. Zay, always appreciate it. To Steve Kaplowitz, appreciate him. We'll have more on Sports Talk starting Monday at 4 o'clock. All the coverage on 600ESPNElPaso.com when it comes to all this. But for us here on Minor Talk, we're going to say so long. Download, subscribe, rate, and review. Check us out on all podcast platforms as well. This one might go up on our YouTube channel. We actually did a video component of this and even got to see Colin with his beautiful Mexico jersey. So love that. And got to see Zay's luscious hair. Got to see Samir as well a little cameo appearance from him so yeah i think i think we gotta have to we might have to throw this one up on the youtube channel and get this done uh for everybody else i'm adrian brada saying so long and thanks for listening to minor talk presented by the oscar arieta agency here on 600 espn el paso